श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय क्रंतराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जाय श्री गिरिराज गोवर्धान महोत्सव की जाय बहुत भक्त बृंद की जाय So good morning again everyone. We have been discussing the Govardhan Leela from Srimad Bhagavatam and as I've mentioned this uh, Leela the Bhagwan Sri Krishna is described in four chapters of the 10th canto of Bhagavatam and we kind of raced through the first chapter um we were going verse by verse but it was would have taken us a couple of months probably at that, <laughs> that rate so i i uh, ended up summarizing after a couple of days and uh, and so the first chapter has more or less been uh, concluded and of course we've as i've mentioned we've we've done this uh, uh, appropriately by uh, entering the stream of krishna leela through the fountain of gaur leela and we began our discussions with discussions of the significance and uh, the role that uh, of and the, signific- and the role of the uh, govardhan in in uh, chaitanya leela and so we actually this morning we concluded our our readings um from Gaur Leela those readings consisted of the description of Madhavendra Puri's um re um enacting really the the Govardhan worship with the appearance of the Gopal deity in his his life and in the village and um and uh, thereby setting a precedent really for such festivals as we are having and are having being held around the world at least uh, on the one day um but of course this took 7 days so it's worth discussing it over a number of days and again covers four chapters of the bhagavatam we followed that uh just to go through the different leelas and 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 uh cite them for those of who weren't here they may reference them themselves um we followed that uh reading and discussion that came from it with um a reading of chaitanya mahaprabhu was uh visiting govardhan hill in in vrindavan hmm? his unwillingness to walk on the hill in the bhav of a of a devotee and seeing govardhan as he is described in the bhagavatam text from an ontological perspective uh, to be krishna himself so devotees are not inclined to walk on krishna um step on him with their feet so he refused to walk on the hill but it created a dilemma for him because he wanted to have the darshan of the gopal deity that had been established by madhavendra puri on the hill whose fame was spread widely as we heard hmm. so widely was the was it that uh, that neighboring villages and even the metropolis of uh, Mathura and beyond uh, surrounding provinces all came for the darshan of Gopal deity and wanted to reenact the Anukut or the Govardhan uh, festival of offering um 
what constituted their entire stock of of grains uh, from the harvest. This is a harvest festival, Anukut. And so the harvest is, of course, what they've worked for all year and what will supply them food the rest of the year. And they offered it all to uh, to Govardhan. So they had Govardhan Puja festivals for weeks on end as other villages wanted to come and bring all of their stock and and so forth, the, the uncooked grains, and then they would repair the grains and so forth. So, And this was all based on the madness of one a crazy person, as it appeared, who didn't fit into the world, uh, if you will, Madhavendra Puri, hmm? living as a renunciate um, in the Braj, and uh, who had the darshan of Krishna, whose dream Krishna came and, and said, find me, I've been hidden in the bushes, and, and there he found the deity form, and he asked that he be established on the top of the hill, and so on and so forth. So, um, And then, of course, we we just we discussed a little bit or we read um the um Yantilila um pastime. I should say that Rupa Goswami also visited Govardhan and when he came to Vrindavan and he followed the footsteps of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He also wanted to see the Gopal Deity and which Mahaprabhu did and for both of them the Gopal Deity made an arrangement to be to have Muslims attack the city so that the priest would move the deity off the hill to a hidden place, which was off the hill, and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Raghunath Das could have the darshan, or Rupa Goswami could have the darshan of the Gopal deity. So things aren't always what they seem to be. If you have the inside track, then your case for causation will be very different than what to say what appears on the surface. So. Uh, from there we went to the Antilila where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw the uh, sand dune and the Jagannath Puri and he, in his ecstasy, he, he, as he would, he would think all bodies of water to be the Jamuna and all hills to be Govardhan. And uh, he ran after the hill and he went, he had a spurti, an internal experience, the antardashan, internal vision of Krishna and Radha and Gopis and Govardhan Leela and so forth. This is, we didn't go into it there, but this is a, a very um, um, noteworthy uh, Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because it is the, it is the Leela context hmm, in which the highest ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give is um, played out and experienced by Chaitanya, tasted by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. In other words, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to taste the bhava of Radha. He is Krishna. In one sense, externally, in his Acharya Leela, so he's as the teacher, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that is external. Of course, internally, he uh, um, is uh, being taught um, by Srup Dhamana, Ramandaroy, Gadadhar Pandit, and so forth, how to um, accomplish his task, the very purpose of the extension of Krishna Leela, that is Gaur Leela. Krishna Leela was a failure, as you know, um, and so it was required that there would be an extension, we call it Gaur Leela, that, that which he could not realize 
Krishna, that you could not taste the fullness of in his pursuit of love, that the human world lends itself to, even more than, you call it the Nara-lila, as opposed to the Deva-lila. The Deva-lila has some, Sanatana Prabhu says, the Kadamba trees are larger there, and uh, there is some Aishvarya, some majesty, comparatively. The Nara-lila is human-like. Here, Kishoda can actually have the sun. Hmm? Indeed, Vrindavan Das, uh, not Vrindavan Das, but uh, Ananda Vrindavan Champu is... Uh, Kavi Kavi from the Bengal side, he he wrote that the, from one perspective that the purpose of the prakat lila, the manifest lila, the voma lila, the earthly lila of Krishna was that the mother Yasoda could actually have her son. What is the meaning of being a mother and never actually having a son? Hmm? So the it's fully played out um, the human like lila in human society. I've likened it to a movie that's filmed with on location, which is said to be an extra feature, making it that much more, you know, desirable to view. Hmm? So, despite the fact that this is played out in, in in human society, where where love is greater, uh, more facilitated, love is a fallen condition. After all, you fall in love, and uh, and love knows no reason. Um, uh, so <laughs> still um, experiencing the measure of Radha's love for him and her experience, her taste, her ecstasy then he longed for that uh, that is you have to understand that, that, that this, is the, this is the strongest evidence that you could possibly um, uh, marshal in support of the idea that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, not an avatar of Krishna, but Krishna himself. Hmm? Other verses you can cite here and there, and, and you can show how they support, but that is all can be, words have a way that you can quote scripture. They say what, even the devil can quote the, the scripture or something like that. So it can be explained in many ways. Hmm? But if you, if you understand the psychology of Krishna, then you can understand there must be a Gaur Leela. You, you, this is what the Goswamis did. They wrote about Radha Krishna Leela, not about Gaur Leela, only a little bit about Gaur Leela. Anastakam here, there. Their books are extensively all about Krishna Leela with, with uh, Pranam to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Bhagavan to Chaitanya. Hmm? When Rupa compiled his book, book Padyavali of various verses, some from anonymous authors, the Shikshastakam verses of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were there, not in any order, but they are classified under different sections as examples of teaching this or that. And then the the, the reference, the, the citation is Bhagavan Chaitanya, something like that. So. They, they, you have to understand, they were uh, establishing a, uh, a whole lineage and, um, and they were trying to say that this fellow who appeared in Bengal was not only an avatar, but an avatari and, 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 and uh, very, very combined form of Radha and Krishna. I mean, how... <laughs> You don't just read the Bhagavad Gita and pick that up, or you don't even read the Bhagavatam necessarily and pick that up. You have to read the Bhagavatam through their eyes. Hmm? 
And uh, so they, when you, you want to establish some new kind of territory, you, you have to be thoughtful as to how far you can go, what you can say, and what you can't. But, and you can make you know, progress. As Prabhupada used to say, in like a needle and out like a plow. So you want to go in carefully and then come out the other way and so forth. So that's what we're doing now. We're on the plow end of the whole thing. They were on the needles end. And then they very, but they wrote about Radha and Krishna in such a way that has not been written about. That if you study the writing, you understand there's there must be a Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There must be Krishna. There must be a way in which Krishna resolves the problem hmm, that he brings up, that he presents in in the very center of the Bhagavat, in the Raspanchajai, hmm, in the Rasalila, five chapters when. Um, Krishna makes the statement, that I, I cannot repay the, uh, I cannot reciprocate in kind for the love and the, and the, and the measure of the uh, Gopikas, Radhikas in particular, surrender and love for me. And they, they possess something that that very approach is superior. It, it, to anything, I, it, it exhausts my capacity to reciprocate. So I'm a, have to make myself a plaything in their hands. That said, I want to experience. Hmm? I'm the king of love, Rasaraj, and uh, I have no experience of that Mahabhav. What is so? It becomes because I've cited it before, somewhat of an existential crisis for Krishna. Hmm? I thought I was the king of love, but it appears that there's. Uh, a measure of love I have not, I don't have acquaintance with. So, then if you understand Krishna, you understand he's going to figure out a way. <laughs> he's very crafty, and uh, so he, he of course steals away into the Kali Yuga and conceals himself in a golden form, and uh, and he's pursuing this. And so, in pursuing that, the opportunity to experience it. In a particular way, also becomes available to the to the jivas, which is a very extraordinary dispensation. Mm-hmm. This is what a whole Chaitanya Charitamrita is about. This is a verse of Rupa Goswami from Vidagda um, Madhava, where he glorifies the deity of this book. Um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was embarrassed to hear that in Puri when he glorified Rupa Goswami before Ramananda and Swarup and other of his associates in Puri. Hmm? Um, he, he glorified even his handwriting. He said, it's like rows of pearls. And what to speak of what he writes. Hmm? And so these were all like many, many, up to 54 of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates were authors, artisans, poets, dramatists. Uh, so they were kind of liberal intellectuals, <laughs> if you will, of sorts. Uh, and, um, uh, and so they began to quiz Rupa Goswami about his dramas, hmm? the Dagda Madhava and Alita Madhava. And uh, what was this verse and what was this verse? In other words, there's certain math to, to poetry, hmm? just like there's Vedanta to Bhakti. Hmm? 
there's a philosophical foundation on which our love is founded. Hmm? The art of Krishna Lila is drawn on a philosophical canvas. It's wise love. It's not just a sentiment. Prabhupada would like to say, he actually has a quote from Rabindranath Tagore, that religion without philosophy is just fanaticism. Hmm? Very important point these days. And, of course, conversely, philosophy without religion, he said that is just uh, uh, mental gymnastics. It, it, it goes nowhere. This is the whole Western civilization. Philosophy used to be, even in Western society in Europe, a handmaiden of theology. Hmm? And at a certain point, as the theology um, gave kind of a, a um, blessing hmm, to the scientific method, if you will, that uh, so much influences our Western industrial society. Um, in due course, that proved to be somewhat counterproductive, and they had really kind of blessed the the devil, so to speak, as it's thought of now. Uh, you know, it's not accurate, but but um, but science is, in many senses. In the popular sense, uh, has become the uh, the enemy of religion and primarily Christianity and the Abrahamic religions. They don't deal that much with the Eastern uh, traditions and don't understand them that much, hmm? and uh, they haven't been explained that well or that that much, I should say, uh, as widely and especially uh, our tradition, Gaudi Vaishnavism. So, um, so anyway, yeah, so. Uh, at that point, as that world moved in that direction, philosophy ceased to become a handmaiden of theology, and it unhinged itself from theology, and 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 the mind was free to just think about it any possible way, and and so forth. And, and this is then the, the whole circular, what I would call affair of modern philosophy that some people, even of Western education and so forth. Uh, have concluded is an is an industry that has run dry. The well has run dry. It has nothing to to offer. Kevalyukti um, that we are not interested in. On reasoning um, philosophy unhinged from revelation. We believe, as we were speaking last night, the comprehensive knowing. Uh, perfect knowing requires a perfect method. And the perfect method is if that which is perfect chooses to reveal itself to the imperfect, then the imperfect can know it. Hmm? Otherwise, imperfect unto itself can never know that which is perfect. Hmm? So, the Godhead chooses to reveal himself, then he can be known. Hmm? That's what we call revelation. This is the broader kind of generic idea of it. We don't want to isolate it into some small book or so many pages from antiquity uh, and so forth. The concept we want to pass on, which is an ongoing affair, this um, revelation. It's not all said and done in so many verses. And I think I cited it the other day. Prabhupada himself used to say that, oh, here we have the Bhagavatam with 18,000 verses and 12 cantos. But in other planes, there are hundreds of volumes and... uh, it's the story 
of the personality of Godhead. Hmm? That doesn't have a beginning and it doesn't have an end. Hmm? Indeed, in Chaitanya Vaishnavism, we, we, on the basis of that point, we have a book called what? Chaitanya Bhagavat. Hmm? Chaitanya Bhagavat means this is the continuation of the Bhagavat, of Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? And what is the Srimad Bhagavatam? It's all about Krishna Leela. This is a fairly important Leela of Krishna, hmm? called Gaur Leela. Hmm? And as it's played out, so Chet Vrindabhadas is, is uh, thought to be the, the Vyas of, of Gaur Leela, so that it's an ongoing affair and ongoing by way of commentary and uh, insight and, and so on and so forth. So. So uh, this is uh, uh, um, proper use of reasoning, reason as to the implications of of, of revelation and uh, ramifications and implications in time and place and circumstance and so on and so forth. So, so we'd like to discuss the texts from with this in mind. Um, so how do we we get there? Uh, Right, so the gift that he came to give, hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in this extended leela, is that which he kind of is a, is a result of that which he himself is pursuing, and it comes in a particular way. And that, of course, in the highest sense, is to to experience what he wanted to experience, which is what the prem, the bhava of Radha. You cannot do that by competing with Radha. There's no competition with her. Hmm? Um, there is, but I mean, no one wins. <laughs> uh, and there isn't, in another sense, because all the principal go because they're all manifestations of a particular emotional aspect of herself. Hmm? Chandravali is just another an aspect of herself embodied. It's as if to say... Radhika wanted to please Krishna. Krishna wanted to be pleased in a particular way by a certain emotional makeup for the moment of Radhika, so she manifested as a gopi to make that possible whenever it suits his his purpose. And if it suits his purpose, she will go and drag that gopi there, as she says, through the mouth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Shikshastakam, as explained by Krishna's Kaviraj in his own his own um, his auto commentary on well his commentary on uh, Shikshastakam as it's found at the end of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? So, so that we call this Tadbhavi Chamai. Rupa Goswami uses the term the uh, to uh, to to pursue the Madhurasa by way of attaching oneself to the bhava of of Radha, hmm. rather than to be a competitor of Radha, seek a direct relationship with Krishna, Sambhog, Icha, Mai to be Icha, have a Mai to be filled with a desire for Sambhog, union with Krishna directly. No, to be filled Icha with Mai, Icha, Mai means filled Icha with the desire, Tadbhava, for Tadher Bhava. Hmm? The bhava of one who is 
indirect union with Krishna. This means, of course, in our, uh, in the highest sense, Sri Radha. And this, Rupa Goswami says, there are, we could do Sambhogi Chimai or Tadbhabi Chimai, but the latter is better. And he says you can do either, that's the theory, but you can't do one unless, either, unless you're in touch with someone who has it, who has it, makes it available in an ongoing way. That's what we call Guru Parampara. And we don't find our gurus giving Sambhog Ichamai, Tadbhav Ichamai. And the point I'm making in a long roundabout way here, of course, is that, that in this Leela in Puri, where Mahaprabhu chased after the sand dune and thought it was Govardhan, and then he went unconscious, or he became more conscious, <laughs> spiritually, internally conscious, and externally uh, unconscious, which means to say to us as sadhakas, we have to become a little unconscious to the world, to the call of the wild. Hmm? And as much as we, we do that with our senses, we turn them away from sense objects, not, not in a direct sense, but turn our, away from contacting sense objects with our senses with a view to enjoy them, or the purposes that our mind comes up with based on input from the senses. You follow? We get input from the senses and the mind makes a determination. I like this. I don't like that. As I many times said, this is good, this is bad, this is happy, this is sad. And these perceptions hmm, are relative to our senses and all of our senses are different. So which is it? Is it happy, is it sad, or good or bad? It's very relative. Hmm? And the mind that we have makes a determination that I like this and I don't like that. And what I like and what I don't like, that, that speaks of who I am. We say, who is that? That is so-and-so. That doesn't mean anything to us. Unless we hear what he likes, what she likes, what she does, and, 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 and so on and so forth. So our likes, our attachments, if you will, define our I. And, and our sense of my, that means, defines our I. And, of course, nothing's really ours, so the I that comes from that is not something to, to re- rely upon. Hmm? That was here today and is gone tomorrow as the things that we're attached to. Hmm? So, Mahaprabhu went into internal consciousness and he was completely unaware of the external world. So our practice as sadhakas, of course, in our sadhaka daya, is that we have to become a little uh, turned away from sense objects. Not directly turned away. We can interact with them fully. Hmm? That is the teaching. But not with a view to enjoy them for in service to the sense of I that's conjured up in the mind based on the impulses gathered from the senses. This is what we mean by sambandhagyan. That's why diksha is sambandhagyan. It comes under the category of sambandhagyan. We are giving, really, the seed of a new identity. Hmm? A new identity. Uh, in a different angle of vision. Different way of thinking. Hmm? And so, when we live in certain parameters and we interact with the world in a different way than we had been previously. This is, the, this is what... This, when, you, when you do this perfectly, then the initiation is complete. It's a beginning but it doesn't end until the sambandha gyan that, that this is an installment of in the mantra in the form of seed and followed by siksha, by instruction, is realized. 
Hmm? When it's realized, the sambandha, then the activity that it fosters, in other words, we have a particular conceptual orientation to life that will foster a certain type of activity. Hmm? What you think about is determines how what you do. Hmm? So when that sambandha is complete in terms of realization, which will be ar- arrived at um, more readily with the help of theoretical sambandha gyan, hmm? teaching, um, then our bhakti is fully informed. We call that bhav-bhakti. It's fully informed. See how effective it is hmm? compared to sadhana bhakti. You have all these stages of sadhana bhakti. There's one stage of bhava-bhakti. <laughs> You bhava bhakti and you develop prem. Hmm. So, um, so we, as I say, in our sadhaka day, the more that we are able to um, become, uh, just using the phrase loosely, unconscious of the sense objects in terms of what they seem to be saying, eat me, smell me, taste me, Listen to me. The world is inviting, it would appear. Um, of course, that's a world in our mind that makes it seem like that. That's not what they're saying. We have a misreading of what they're saying. They're saying, offer me. I belong to God. I'm not for your purpose. I have a, and, and when we see them for the purpose in our mind, that purpose in our mind, that sense of identity we have is a false one, as I'm explaining. So... It's not really the purpose that all manifestations of material nature, um, uh, it's not their purpose. It's our, it's not even ours, it's a made-up purpose, a manufactured purpose in our mind, and they're not going to agree with that, not going to feel comfortable with that. Hmm? That's why we feel the world seems to be resisting. Hmm? (laughs) Yeah, and for good reason it's resisting. We are not even comfortable, as I sometimes say, in the world of our mind. But we think everybody else should be comfortable. All the animate and inanimate objects of the world should be comfortable living in our mind. In other words, being seen from the perspective of our mind and 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 and, and interacted with accordingly. This is absurd. Hmm? It's no wonder that we feel that there's some resistance. I'm not. The world's not cooperating. Hmm? So this, at the core, is 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 the problem. Hmm? want to come out from that. Hmm? And Mahaprabhu has offered us such an inviting prospect to replace that with. Hmm? Such an inviting prospect. We, we, we are, uh, have pointed out that ontologically speaking, Giriraj hmm? Govardhan is non-different from Krishna. This is pointed out in the Bhagavad was pointed out this morning in the narrative of Chaitanya Charitamrita as well with regard to Mahaprabhu's worship and Raghunathasa's worship of the Shila, the stone from, from Govardhan. Hmm? But twice in our readings of Gaurlila, both in in Vrindavan when Mahaprabhu visited Govardhan Hill and when he was in, in, in Puri, the Leela we're just discussing briefly now, and running after the, 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 the sand dune and saw it as Govardhan, hmm? he chanted this verse from Gopigita, where Radhika is saying that, oh, Govardhan is the best servant of Hari, and he, because he supplies the uh, the caves for sleeping in, and uh, the waterfalls for bathing, and uh, flowers for offering, and so forth, and and um, others. Uh, Shijiva Goswami, particularly in, in Gopal Champa, has played that out and listed 64 different items of 
of worship um, and how Govardhan supplies them all. Hmm? So this is a projection of Radhika's bhava on the hill. Hmm? It means she's saying, just see, Govardhan, what is my position? I'm nothing. Hmm? Govardhan is such a, is the best servant. He serves in every way. Hmm? This is Atmavatmanite Jagat. One sees others to be like oneself. The gopis did this also in, 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 in Rasalila. When they saw other trees bent down, they thought, oh, they see, they're such good servants of Krishna. Krishna came, they gave their fruits, they bent down. What are we doing? He left us. But uh, the earth, he never left the earth. His footprints are, you know, always on the earth. But he left us. We worship the earth. The earth is 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 superior to us. This is also this is the world has become alive through the Bhava and is speaking to us in a particular way. Hmm? Why aren't you serving Krishna like me? Hmm? Mahaprabhu wrote like this when he said, This was his vision. Hmm? So this Bhava makes the world alive and speaks in a different way to us. Then now we have Maitunya Bhava, now we have um, Purusha Bhava. Hmm? Purushabhav means I'm the pusher, I'm the enjoyer. Maitunyabhav means the the the, the bhav of 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 uh, Maitunya means like ball and chain. Hmm? <laughs> that bhava which chains us to the world. The bhava that I'm the the bhava means the the feeling in a, in a broad sense, the, the sentiment that 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 I'm in this case I'm the enjoyer. That ties us. Hmm? A knot to uh, material existence. And we're, it's a, it's, the knot is sometimes compared to a ball and chain, like they used to in times gone by. You know, the criminals would be have a chain and a heavy ball on the end, and they they couldn't go anywhere. Hmm? Now you don't need that. You got you know, well, they're spying on you all the time. I guess, or <laughs> even if you're not a criminal, <laughs> so it's not, <laughs> they know where you are. <laughs> Hopefully they're tuning in right now. You know. <laughs> we have the ultimate, you know, response to the uh, security. You know. <laughs> this will set you free. Actually, convert your whatever you're, you know, those who will try to keep you on a leash, so to speak. Um, they'll want to run with you. So, so, um, so yeah, so. Uh, she's speaking there from the point of view of Valda and she's projecting like this and uh, and uh, it's not an ontological statement as to the position of, of Giriraj. Um, so uh, at any rate in that experience where Mahaprabhu goes in deeply into internal consciousness he's completely unaware of the external world. Hmm? So we as Sanakas have to be somewhat unaware of the external world in terms of the way our mind um, tends to look at it. And we close that mind down by our sadhana, by our spiritual practice, by sadhana-sangha, by transrational practices and so forth. We're working, this is what we're doing, and changing that angle of vision. See how nice it will be, how the world will speak to you differently. You think it's nice to be big in the small world of your mind. Hmm? But nobody you know, entirely agrees with you. That, you know. <laughs> So that's the problem you're having. <laughs> you want everybody to vote for you, and, and not everybody's, you know, on your party. And so there's a struggle, hmm? and it will—you'll never be successful in that. 
You know? So if you can't beat them, then you, you join them. Hmm? And you come out of the small world of the mind at the risk of being small. Hmm? We think it's safe to be big, hmm? but we're not really big. It's an illusion. We come out to the reality of our smallness, and what do we find? There is someone who's big, and he's friendly. Hmm? So I've got a big friend. It's much better than trying to be a big, being a big fool, really, by, by, by contrast. And the whole world is trying to tell us that in one way or another. So I'm trying to explain this in such a way that you see that, the, that the, I said earlier that Bhagavatam is not uh, limited to 18,000 verses and 12 cantos. This is a book of, of life. It's the world is, is, is speaking these things. This is how you have, have to, where you have to, have to come to. This is Nirgranta of Sukadev, to be beyond the book. Still, he studied the book so that he could teach it to Pariksit Maharaj. You have to, if you want to teach the book, then you do have to study the book. Hmm? If you, but you have to get to the point where you, the book is a, is a living affair, and the wh- whole natural world, for that matter, is speaking to you. This again, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he didn't sit down and try to write a poem, and the grass said to him, why aren't you humble like us? When people step on us, we just bend over. Why do you resist? The tree said, why aren't you tolerant like us? Hmm? So, how exciting this is. Hmm? You know, it sounds crazy. Right? The trees will start talking to you. The grass will start talking to you. And then they'll want to put you in, an, you know, in an institution. We're We're there to offer, you know, you can come here instead. <laughs> This is a kind of a place for crazy people that the world talks to. But then what does it say? That is important. Hmm. Hmm. What does it say? And what kind of a person does it make one then? Hmm. If, one is, if, if one sees everything as superior to oneself and a manifestation of the Godhead and excavates the connection with all, with all material things with their source, and, uh, and it's, it's a very nice person. You have nothing, there's no threat from that person. There was a movie that I saw part of somewhere, sometime, and it was, uh, just came to my mind now. It's, uh, the lead player was a comedian, and he was an African-American man, funny guy. Um, And in the movie, he was an enlightened person. It's a comedy. He was an enlightened person. And so, you know the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of it. Yeah, it was really... And in the movie, he was an enlightened guy. And so, everybody... Somehow he got on a TV commercial or something like that. Hmm? Accidentally or something like that. And the producers were all upset and concerned. And then, then he just acted as himself and people loved him. And then they thought, this guy's valuable. So everybody wanted him. And he was just going along with everybody. Whatever you want, I'll do that. I'll do that. You know, He was just like the most likable person. It was a really good portrayal, actually, of, in, in the sense of enlightened life. And um, so he was just like the most, like a, you know, the cow. Probably said, I'm like a cow. You pull me here and I'll give milk and so forth. So he just went along with whatever they wanted, so to speak. And... I can't explain the whole movie. I can't give you the full import of it. But it was—he was really a nice guy to have around. Everybody wanted him, and eventually they got different insight from him than what they 
they wanted him for other purposes. And then what he was actually embodied and taught, which they were missing, you know. So at any rate, if we have this kind of vision, Eddie Murphy's vision, um, <laughs> Then, uh, then, then we'll be, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we won't be going against the current. We'll be, well, Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu says, Shubhada. And this is only in a higher state of sadhana bhakti, in ruchi. Shubhada means everyone will, you, you will be popular. <laughs> I mean, it's without pursuing popularity. People will want your company. They, 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 they will, uh, find you uh, desirable company and so it means bhakti is all auspicious Pleshagni shubhada and this is in in the practicing stages in higher stages of practice sada ruchi asakti this shubhada comes in effect and people love just like you then so no struggle hmm? uh, yes holy man okay yeah there you go it's worth watching probably Being there. Being there. Being there. Based on your last movie he did. Okay, there you go. Very much like that. He was just a simple gardener. Uh And he just went along. And everything he said was like a revelation to them. Yeah. He was just talking about taking care of the plants. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the way it should be, right? Yeah. So, infinite everywhere, in every atom. So, so at any rate, Mahaprabhu, he went internal fully. He couldn't function in relation to the external world. He had the spurti, the vision of Radha and Krishna and gopis at Govardhan, and they, Radha and Krishna went into a cave, and the gopis asked him to bring some flowers. And so he was doing that. And the implication is that he was doing tadbhav, seva, Hmm? Seva Vamanjari, assisting the Sakis hmm? in serving Radha and Krishna. Hmm? Um, and so that is thought to be the instance in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who came to taste Radha Bhav, also tasted, he, he does it in his own way, he becomes Radha, he is Radha and Krishna. Hmm? He is successful in experiencing the full uh, uh, experience of Radha, her her um, Madanakya Mahabhav, and this is the way that jivas can, through Sanatana as they have, and so forth. And he tasted it too. This is thought to be, he tasted it. This is all in relation to Govardhan Leela. So, point being, in one sense, Govardhan has a lot to share. Hmm? Pujapad Narayanamarish once said, this stone sees all of the pastimes of Krishna, towering as he does above the whole of the Braj. He There's no pastime he doesn't know. Hmm? So worship from him of him, you can find everything about Radha and Krishna Lila. Hmm? All the secrets hmm? possible. Hmm? So Mahaprabhu, as we heard this morning, he worshipped the stone, he gave the stone to 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 to, to Raghunath Daswaswami and told him how to conceptually orient himself in the worship and, and, and practically how to do the worship and so forth. We discussed these things and and each day we're doing that as a preface to entering into the stream, as I say, of Krishna Leela, because, again, first the giver, and then the gift. Hmm? Gore is the fountain from which Krishna Leela is flowing in all directions. Hmm? And 
as I like to say, of course, first the giver, then the gift, and then if you look closely at the gift, you find the giver. It's, it's the gift as well. Hmm? So don't think that Gaur Leela is only for giving Krishna Leela. Hmm? It will give Krishna Leela, and if you go deep enough in it, you'll find yourself in Gaur Leela. Hmm? So it's, it's a very extraordinary Leela. Hmm? The very ex- extension of Krishna Leela that, that makes up for its shortcomings in human society. What must that be? Hmm? Therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai. This is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This is our deity, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> so, we come to the to the this place in in Bhagavat now that uh, where the Krishna has stopped the um, religious. He, he's taken his uh, the religious orientation hmm, that the uh, inhabitants of Vrindavan were preoccupied with. Worshipping, um, what I mean by that is worshipping Govardhan or worshipping Indra to get material things, hmm? right? This is like overtly the Dharma Marg. You worship for things. God, give me my daily bread and so forth. Nothing could bore him more. Hmm? Give you things. And you're not a thing. Hmm? So, Krishna's what he's telling us in this leela, of course, is that 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 the prema dharma, it uh, it walks on the head of the varnashram dharma, hmm. um, and coming under the prema dharma, we we enter into what I call a school of a teaching, a lineage of of experiential spirituality rather than religious life. Hmm? You see, if religious life is about engaging God in my human life, that it might be better. Hmm? What is thought to make human life better is to have more things, basically. More security. Hmm? We're pursuing happiness, security, power, um, and so forth, all of which are inherent in the self. But pursuing it in relation to matter by stretching matter and getting more of it and so forth, um, we uh, lose sight of that which is inherent within ourself. And and so you don't get experience. Hmm? You get things. You go to heaven hmm? at best where you can have more things. Hmm? and less implications for having them and enjoying them. But you, it is at the loss of the self, so to speak. Unless Dharma Jignasu, inquiry into religious life, turns into Brahma Jignasu and Rasa Jignasu. Hmm? And that's not so easy. Hmm? Many people get waylaid for a long, long time in, in, in Dharma Jignasu. Look at Brahma. hundred lifetimes, it's said of perfectly following the Varnashram Dharma. You don't have any idea, I mean, how difficult that would be. <laughs> I mean, you gotta say you know, a prayer for every breath and before you you know, you gotta have there's so many rules. Sanatan Prabhu himself in Bhagavatamrita in the very introduction, he says, When can I be free from oh he's saying what is the nature of experiential religious life, Vedanta, Gaudiya Vedanta, compared to ordinary Dharma, what is the Prem Dharma? How liberating it is. In, in, in two ways. In one way, 
all of these rules. It's just like the Bhagavad is like the New Testament hmm, of the Veda, where the rules and the laws are replaced with love. Hmm? Gopis are crossing over the laws, hmm? running to meet Krishna and so forth. It's the higher law, of course. Hmm? It's it's the law of well of love. It's the kind of it's the love and trust that Prabhupada said his mission should be ruled by. Hmm? Something like that. Hmm? So this whole Krishna speaking to Nanda Maharaj, don't perform this sacrifice for Indra, this is we're not concerned with this. He's turning him and us really through through his own associates away from a religious orientation to a spiritual experiential orientation. Spiritual experiential means an orientation whereby we'll actually have a spiritual experience rather than just get more things. And what will we experience? You'll experience yourself, that you're, you're a unit of consciousness, not matter. Hmm? And that you are what matters. Hmm? And when we do that in the context of bhakti, and especially Chaitanya bhakti, hmm, we find not only the super extraordinary thing that, that, that we, we are what matters, we're consciousness, not matter, and all the implications of that, what, what, what that opens us to, all the possibilities of consciousness. That's what Mahaprabhu experienced in Jagannath Puri and showed you can experience this, that, that limit. Hmm? Of course, it comes to us by association and we, 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 we take as it, as it comes, that's for his arrangement. Hmm? But the furthest reach of this Vrindavan Bhakti, hmm? It's a very extraordinary idea. So, um, Krishna argued well and um, he charmed his parents. He actually spoke atheism and other doctrines and so forth. Uh, so, to achieve your purpose, you know, you may go about it in different ways. Preaching and siddhanta are not always the same. There may be a reason you tell people. Think of it like this. The ideas later on they'll grow. That will be eliminated. They'll understand why they were taught like that, and this they will see the wisdom of their teacher. They shouldn't resist and think, "My teacher told me everything, the beginning, right from the start, and I, I was perfect enough to receive it. That's why he told me everything." That's the implication of what you're saying. You follow me? You might say, "You say my guru gave me everything," it means he must have thought you were completely qualified to get everything at once. Or is that what you're saying? You understand? That's what you're unstated. That's what you're saying. I'm fully qualified because the guru will give according to the qualification of the student. He has everything to give. That we have no doubt. But he or she will give according to the qualification, the time and circumstance. Hmm? So are you saying that you are, you are completely qualified? That means you are uttam adhikar. Adhikari. <laughs> you have the highest qualification. And what is the highest qual what is the highest quali what is the characteristic of the highest qualification for for being a practitioner? Shastra nipuna, shastra yukti, all these things you have to have. Hmm? That you're a scriptural genius. So that means shastra nipun. Hmm? That you can always give the answer. Some. It's not always just you cite some verse. That's more like the Madhyamadikari. You always cite the verse. It's more like when they ask. Like I said, what happens after you eat in the spiritual world? And Prabhupada says, why don't you go there and find out? That's like Shastra Nipun. That's like those kind of answers. 
You understand? <laughs> Realized uh, what you need to hear is, is, is being said, something like that. Hmm. So that, that Rupa Goswami describes this as the, the highest kind of eligibility for practice. This is in sadhana bhakti. The subject is sadhana bhakti. And he's speaking about adhikar or eligibility for sadhana bhakti. Hmm? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a gradation of faith, and the gradation is determined by the measure of one's understanding of the sacred text. That means that one's faith is grounded in revelation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if the, what the revelation says doesn't work with my mind of psychology, I have to change my mind of my psychology. Mm-hmm. And that's how I come out of it. So, Krishna wants them to forego, the, he wanted them to forego the yagya. They followed him. He spoke in a way that they needed to, he said what he wanted to say and he made his point and he convinced them, mostly by his charm, but uh, as a side point, as I say, he spoke one thing hmm, that was contrary to the Siddhanta, that he's actually trying to bring us and them too. So he, he was utilitarian. As Prabhupada said, what was it? Utility is the purpose. This is, a, this is the, the principle. This is the genius of, of a, of a, of a um, teacher. A teacher has to have that kind of genius. Hmm? What is the utility? The utility is the principle. How to use that? Prabhupada said by hook or by crook. You know, well, I shouldn't repeat it, but you know, some of you sell the books. I mean, utility. How to, how to, how to. And there's always going to be a call that, that a teacher makes. Hmm? Because there's going to be a there's going to be an upside potential to a strategy to teach it this way, say it this way at this time. Just like Prabhupada would meet with a with a with a Christian, and he would say, "Yes, you know, Christ, Krishna, same. Chant Christ, chant Krishna, same." Hmm? Meet him in the back room. He would say something else. He wouldn't say that the Christ name wasn't divine, but you won't say that these two, this one syllable, Christ, you can get the same thing from these two syllables, Krishna. Hmm? Hmm. Where is the Leela? Where is the Prema Mai, Prema, 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 hmm. Leela, what is it? Prema Madhurya, Leela Madhurya. Hmm? Christ may be a manifestation of divinity, but there's no Prema Madhurya, no Leela Madhurya. Hmm? That will come from these two words, sounds, set syllables, Krishna. So he was preaching. He was preaching a particular way. It's just very practical. Hmm? So there's a, there's a potential upside for that, and the teacher has to make that call. And there will be a downside, hmm? possibly. And then some student will say, "See, he said there's no difference, so I just chant Christ." And, you know. So, okay, but you're not going to get Manjari Bhav or Braj Bhav. You're not going to become a Gopa or a Gopi by that. Hmm? That's not the way. Hmm? It's not a bad thing, but it's not exactly what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give either. And that is so beautiful. Hmm? We should want to see that people get that opportunity. Hmm? Hmm? Prabhupada is living for that. That is the statement. When the statement of the, the Pranam verse of Bhakti Siddhanta, Virudhapa Siddhanta Dantaharana, he was outraged uh, at anything that was against the teaching of Rupa. It means he couldn't tolerate the idea that people would get something less. Hmm? And they would invest their human life and energy for that when they could have invested it in this and it's and it's such a generous dispensation it's easy <laughs> relatively <laughs> you can 
comparatively, it's, it's easy. Mm -hmm. So the teacher, uh, Krishna's teaching here, and he spoke Sankhya philosophy, he spoke Karma Mimamsa, Nyaya, everything but the Vedanta Darshan, hmm? to convince Nanda Maharaj to take up the Vedanta Darshan. Hmm? And, and he is Vedanta Vid. Hmm? Vedanta Vid, what is that verse? He is the Vedanta. He says, I am Vedanta. Hmm? So he, he's moving the focus from a religious orientation to a spiritual, experiential orientation, and a deeply so. He's moving it not just to the Atma, hmm? but to Krishna himself. Hmm? Source to have experience of Krishna. Hmm? <laughs> experience of Krishna means almost to skip over the experience <laughs> of the Atma. Hmm? Because the experience of Krishna is, is a forgetfulness of one's own Atma. Hmm? <laughs> That's when it really comes. We want to remember or know our Atma that we are, are lost to at the moment, over, overwhelmed by Maya. Hmm? So many spiritual disciplines want you to awaken to your Atma, and we are wanting to. Okay, we do that for a minute, but then let's put it to sleep. Hmm? And the Atma is living only for the pleasure of Krishna. So it's complete identification with Krishna. This is the Braj Bhakti, the difference, of course, between worship and love. In Vaikuntha, there is worship. So there's an object of worship, there's the worshiper, and there's the worship. Hmm? And there's a distance between the worshipful object and the worshipped. In Braj Bhakti, that distance is bridged, it's crossed. Hmm? Pranay. Hmm? Radha Krishna Pranay. Hmm? There's no, they, 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 the, the inhabitants of Mridhavan do not see Krishna as different than themselves. They see him as a Brajbasi. They see him as one of us. Hmm? Love is like that. As I said before, if you're walking in a, in a public and some somebody, you bump into somebody, go, oh, I'm sorry, or they bump into you, I'm sorry, excuse me. Guy's got cooties, so I don't want to you know, <laughs> touch him. You know? we, we respond like that. But if you, someone you love touches you, you don't even notice it. Hmm? It could be hanging on your shoulder and you know, you know, it's talking. And you don't notice it because you've extended by, by your identification in love with that person. Their body is one with yours. This is, we, this is what's going on in the Leela. That's why coward boys can put their feet up on Krishna's lap at times. and you know, they, Sometimes they will save him, serve him. Sometimes he will serve them. Hmm? So it's a kind of forgetfulness of the self. Pujapachita Maharaj used to, like to use the term self-forgetfulness in comparison to self-sacrifice. Sacrifice is the womb from which love is born. Hmm? Once the love is born, then there's no sense of sacrifice. Right? The labor is painful. But once he's born, even though he's a pain in that, you know, you love him. And it's not a pain, right? It's a... He's great, you know. And uh, love converts all of his problems into, into virtues and so forth by its nature. It has the power to turn faults into ornaments and and so forth. Hmm. Hmm. So, this is our ideal. And this is what Krishna, the ideal that Krishna wants to speak about here. He's using his own group, his own inner circle to, to make the point. And, and they appear to be 
doing the Barnashram. Hmm? It's all like superficial in the Leela, worshiping Indra, and, and they want you know, to secure things. And Krishna teaches, even if you want things, this is a better way to go. He's actually teaching. Material well-being, that's I think a phrase of Prabhupada, follows spiritual well-being. Hmm? So it's a well-rounded uh, policy. Hmm? Just like I was saying the other day, if you, if you teach, and we do, that um, the more that your senses and mind are controlled, the happier and more fulfilled you'll be. The more they're out of control, the more problematic your life's going to be. I don't think anybody can really argue with that point. Hmm? Where the argument comes is, can't we have moderation? <laughs> a little got out of control, you know, and then, you know, we'll party a little bit, you know, we can deal with that, and then, and, and so forth. So, um, but the Gyan Mark says, no, there's no moderation. Hmm? The Bhakti Mark says, yes, in moderation. Hmm? You can fully interact with the senses, for that matter. You can have a party, hmm? but from a different angle of vision. Hmm? So, so, there's material well-being as well. In bhakti, you can have friends. In Gyanmarg, you cannot have any friends. There is nobody else. <laughs> We're going to be friends with. In Gyanmarg, we advance by detachment. In bhakti, by sangha. And how many friends? There's room. For, there's so much, so much room. That's not done. There's always room for more. Krishna has unlimited friends. Amongst his gopas, every one of the gopas thinks in Sakiras, Krishna loves me the most. And Sanatana Prabhu says, and every one of them is right. Hmm. That is the Braja Leela. Hmm. Everyone thinks Krishna is my best friend. Everyone is right. Hmm. So, and, as I say, in this world, so in moderation. So you can have friends, you can have family, you can have Mahaprasad, Vijay. Hmm? Huh? So many things. We are materially well off. We have a beautiful place, Saragrahi. Hmm? It doesn't matter how many people come here, we'll feed them. Hmm? If the whole of Ash will come, we're prepared. Hmm? <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. Necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> we'll, that's our challenge. We'll find a way. Huh? So, <laughs> so material well-being, even if you're interested, this is the best pursuit. And, of course, spiritual well-being. This is our real um, interest. Material well-being, in a way, is, is an oxymoron. So, that uh, we see through that in due, in due course. So anyway, Krishna convinces Ananda Maharaj, and and he yes, okay. They you have to know somebody. They abandoned a sacrifice that they've been doing for for generations. It's been handed down from his father and grandfather, and so on and so forth. They just cast it off, and it's a big arrangement. The whole the brudge is involved in it. It's Indra, the guy. You know, got to make a sacrifice. You got to have so much ghee and butter and whatever, so many ingredients to put in. And um, it's a trade. You give things, the guy's pleased, he gives things back. Hmm? It's just kind of a bargaining kind of idea. Not much love there. Hmm? 
Where there are laws, there's no love. Where there's love, there are no laws. Varnashram is laws. There's no love there, comparatively. And Vrindavan Bhakti, love and trust are the laws. That means there's no love, no laws. Hmm? And so much love. These are the two ends of the religious spectrum. The Prema Dharma that Mahaprabhu came to give and the Varnashram. They're the two ends of the spectrum. And that's why when Ramananda Roy, when he was asked by Mahaprabhu, what is the goal of life and how to attain it? He began with Varnashram. That's the beginning. Hmm? A religious orientation. And then there are so many rules there and there's so little love. Hmm? How much do you please please Bhagawan by by Varnashram? I'll tell you how much. Hmm? I'll tell you what Krishna Kavi Goswami said. He said, anyone who worships Krishna but does not worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a Masura. Why? He said, well, I'll give you a precedent to support my opinion. Jarasandha worshipped Vishnu because he followed the Varnashram. Following the Varnashram is a way of worshipping Vishnu. Hmm? If you follow the Varnashram, Vishnu will be pleased. Kind of. <laughs> hmm? He said, Jarasandha followed the Varnashram. Therefore, Jarasandha was a worshipper of Vishnu. Hmm? But because he didn't worship Krishna, we call him an Asura. Hmm? Nobody will argue with that. Jarasandha was an Asura. Right? Hmm? So I say, as he says in the same way, those who worship Krishna, but they don't worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he's talking about Kali Yuga since the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. I call them an Asura. Hmm? So it also means to say, really, do you really get close to Vishnu by Varnashram? What is Vaidhi Bhakti that will take you to Vaikuntha compared to Varnashram? Hmm? How close you can get to Narayan? Varnashram won't get you out of this world at all. Hmm? Of course, I should mention that it was properly advocated at some time, but we have to see what he meant, what he was talking about. I mean, he wanted really the kind of psychological and material balance in devotees' lives that would give them a good foundation to kind of a vertical, found, horizontal foundation to grow uh, vertically hmm, by having livelihoods that worked with their psychologies and so forth. And it really, a lot of it was an advocacy of rural living, agrarian-based lifestyle, kind of a Gandhian lifestyle. He, he wasn't trying to invoke every, every rule of Varnashram and burden us with that and and say, first become a good Varnashram devotee, and then become a devotee of Krishna. No, it's not like that. Hmm? Sarvadharma. This is what this, this is about. The Govardhan Lila is about the conclusion of the Gita is being reiterated in these four chapters of the of the um, um, Bhagavatam. What is the conclusion of the Gita? Let's hear it. Sarvadharma paritya mam ekam. Sarvadharma, yeah. Moksha Isha Ami Famous verse, apparently. <laughs> so, Sarva Dharman Pratyaja, completely rejecting this. How, and how does the Bhagavatam begin? Dharma Projita Kaita Votra, right where the Gita picks off, leaves off. Hmm? This book is about rejecting the Kaitava Dharma. That means Varnashram. You understand? What does Kaitava mean? Cheating. Hmm? 
cheating religion. This is how Prabhupada used use the term too. Hmm? Take shelter of me only. And we'll come in the last chapter of these four where Indra performs the Abhishek and Krishna is crowned Upendra, Govinda, the god of the gods. The chief of the gods, Indra, is calling him the, the chief of the chief. Hmm? Yeah. Hmm? So, taking shelter of Krishna and foregoing any other type of concern because all those concerns will be fulfilled by that one concern alone. And set in such an extreme measure, the point is made. It's so comprehensive, taking shelter of Krishna, the extent to which the the gods and goddesses and whatnot will be pleased with you. The world will be pleased with you. Means nature will be pleased with you, to such an extent hmm, that, uh, that 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 if you if you go in this direction, hmm, he's basically saying, sin and come to me. Hmm, and even if you have some shortcoming in doing it, still your hmm, your position is is better off. You see. <laughs> Bhakti is so generous and so forgiving. Varnashram is not forgiving at all. If you do it wrong once, after a hundred lives, at the 99th life, you make one mistake, you can't become a Brahma. <laughs> it's like, if you don't do it right, you don't perform the yoga exactly right with the right ingredients, you get a puff of smoke rather than, you know, a new wife or whatever you want, you know, <laughs> uh, by, by making the sacrifice. And Bhakti, Baba Grahi Janardana, you know, it, Vidura's wife is offering Krishna bananas and throwing away the bananas and offering the peel in her ecstasy. That's a mistake. You should offer the banana, not the peel. But Krishna's eating the peel because she's giving it with love and affection. He he accepts the, the bhava, the feeling. That doesn't mean we should do things wrong, be neglectful. If we love, we want to do it right. We want to execute the bhakti properly. Hmm? But there's a learning curve we may make some mistakes, but if our heart is in the right place, and we used to sit, I was saying the other morning, we used to sit before the official Guru Puja for Prabhupada was performed every morning, Sri Guru Charana Padma. We used to sit at Prabhupada's Vyasa song. This is in, in Los Angeles, and we would sing the Sangsara prayers the second time in the morning. So we were singing one morning, and we were singing, Vandey, you know, it's Vandey Guru Shri Charana. We would sound like Vandey Guru Shri one means when I offer myself to the feet of, of my guru, guru, and we were saying, I offer myself to the cow. <laughs> and Prabhupada's hearing it because his room was just upstairs, and he's, and he's saying, you know, they're saying cow. I said, you know. but, but it was apparent when he was explaining it. He was accepting it nonetheless. Sridhar said, yes, when things like that happen, then... Krishna will say, I think you meant this. You're saying it like that. Technically it's wrong, but I think I feel your heart. You mean this, right? And he will accept. Hmm? So you can't do anything wrong in one sense in bhakti. The only thing that you can do wrong in bhakti is what? Is go against bhakti. Well, that makes sense. That means you can't do anything wrong in bhakti. Hmm? Unless you go against bhakti, that means... That means aparad. If you go against bhakti, well, then okay, that's another thing. <laughs> but that's not bhakti. You understand? Hmm? So it's so uh, generous. We should be generous with one another. If we understand what's been given to us, how generous we'll become. Hmm? Hmm? 
generous, generous, but intelligently, wisely generous also. You can be generous, but then you have to know what to give, what you have to give, what's been given, what, what it means to give it, and so on and so forth. Hmm? So Krishna's bringing all of us here in, in, in this direction through speaking to his father, and his father agrees, and so they forgo the whole Indra Yoga. They throw out all the ingredients, well, they take all the ingredients and they use them for the worship of, of Govardhan, which sounds like some form of animism. Hmm? Worship the hill because the hill supplies us the things we need and so forth. It means to say, though, that animism, which is a primitive kind of form of religion, if you will, whatever is valuable in that is also included within Gaudi Vaishnavism and more. And the more was seen in that the hill became alive. That's not so big because in animism people start to think the hills are alive and the clouds are alive or whatever it is in nature that's my object of worship and and so forth. Um, um, but Krishna becomes the hill. Hmm? Krishna shows himself. That I am this place, Vrindavan. Hmm? It's non-different from me. Hmm? And what is that place? That is the hearts of my devotees. Because if you go to a holy place and you don't take advantage of the holy people, you haven't really gone there. Hmm? You've gone, like I said the other day, to a foreign country and stayed in the Hilton. Hmm? You have never really, you've never really gone there. You have to enter the hearts. You have to interact with holy people in such a way that they feel inclined to share their hearts. Then you can say, I've gone somewhere. Hmm? Hmm. Dharmam tu sakshad bhagavat pranitam dharmasya tattvam nihitam guhayam what is the tr- Where is the truth of dharma? Dharmasya tattva nihitam guhayam mahajano yena katasapanta dharmasya tattvam nihitam guhayam It is hidden in the hearts of the sadhus. That's why I say it. Scripture is not enough. Book's not enough. It's the reasoning, the, the, the philosophical and spiritual reasoning about the implications of the book that someone with taste for the subject matter can do and can make it alive and bring it uh, and share the, how it's affecting his or her heart and share that. This is what we get in good company. And that, Krishna said, this, well, this is where he resides. He resides in, what is it? in the hearts of the, his devotees. Their hearts are in me, my hearts are in them. We've changed hearts, he said. I took their heart as mine, they've taken my heart as theirs. Sadhanam, hridayam, mayam, and so on. <laughs> this is, uh, and, and this is the whole, this is he preached in Andamars, like, among sadhus, we have no secrets. We heard this earlier. Hmm. So, they take all the ingredients that worship the hill, the hill, Krishna shows himself to be the Vrindavan, hmm? the place, he is the place where, hmm? where he is the, the, the center in, in, in people's lives. Hmm? They are the walking, the sadhus are the, are the veritably, what does uh, Yudhisthira say to Vidura? He says, Vidura wanted to go on pilgrimage, he said. What is it? No, that's another one. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tirtakurvanti tirtani. Tirtakurvanti. 
You want to go on a place to pilgrimage, but you are the place of pilgrimage. I'll tell you a story about this. I was fortunate to um, be part of a dream of Prabhupada's. Prabhupada had a dream, a recurring dream. The recurring dream was that he would go on a boat from port to port with a boat full of devotees. They would reach the port and they would do Sankirtan and they would get off and they would go to the next port. Hmm? Later on, he had many young men and women going out in vans all over America, distributing his books and so forth. Hmm? Once a lady reporter asked him in Chicago and she said, and so, uh, Swamiji, um, do you have any any cars? He said, so many cars we have. And she's, she's right. oh, he's got so many cars. She's writing it down. I've got the dirt now. You know, he calls himself a swami. He's got so many cars. That's how she's thinking. He says, we've got so many cars. She's writing it down. And he says, what is it called? Volkswagen? And Volkswagen, Prabhupada. He says, he says, yes, something like that. So many vans we have. Vans, they are vans. And so many boys in those vans are going, and they're living in the vans and going everywhere and, and, and selling the books. And she was her whole argument, you know, that was forming in her mind, just dissolved. And she was just so charmed by him, like, that's what he means. He's like, what? He's got Dodge vans and Volkswagen vans. And he's got, you know, teenagers plus, you know, living in them and, you know, <laughs> selling his books everywhere. Hmm. So anyway, he converted his dream. Hmm? He thought, he started to think at some point that he could actualize his dream by going in the vans, because hmm? we didn't even have boats. The first, you know, the first airplane trip to nonstop from New York to Bombay, I was on that. Some of you might have been on that. It was it was filled with devotees. The devotees chartered the whole plane. Hmm? I think it was seventy-five. I think anyway, some year. Oh, and and um, maybe it was anyway. I, Mr. John, he was singing the. Samsara on a microphone, you know, we were going around. My little Gornatai deities that Prabhupada told me to worship, they were put in the nose of the first class section. We had then lose a little thing there. <laughs> a little, so, yeah, and we went up and down the rows like this. And, we, and Vishnu John marches chanting on the mic. And, that, and the, 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 the attendants, we were serving them, Prashadam. Nuvram Dabin bought all the burfi, you know, and, and every, different temples brought different things and so forth. And they had a ball. I mean, I, I know a devotee who, who sat on a plane years later, and a guy sat down next to him, and he said, "Hey, I was the I was the captain on that flight. You know the flight, you know." And he was like, always remembered it. It was very uh, memorable. So when we came to Vrindavan, I told that the Prabhupada, we came, we chartered the whole plane, Prabhupada. He said, "Oh, is it really?" And I said, "And our, my deities were in the front of the plane, and we had Arctic and everything like that." And I said, you know, joking, and I said. Maybe we should get planes, you know. <laughs> and Prabhupada took it seriously. He said, you think so? <laughs> and fill them with devotees and we'll fly everywhere, you know, through Sankirt. <laughs> so he had this kind of, you know, idea. But it kind of, he kind of settled for a van and then, you know, Vishnu John Marjan and Tamal Krishna had the buses, you know. Hmm? I was part of that group at one point too. And so he got his dream fulfilled one day when we took him on a bus from... New York, hmm? Manhattan, to Gitanagari. Hmm? Gornatai on the bus, and um, 
and and we 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 rode and Prabhupada chanted, uh, maybe Paramakar and I think, and he said a few words, and then he rested, and I just watched him rest the whole time, and then as he rested. I watched his fingers are moving in his bead bag. He just kind of lied down a little bit and the whole time. So we arrived at Gita Nagari and we took him on a tour and whatnot. Prabhupada asked me to lead the Guru Puja that morning. It's memorable for me when I went to that time to Gita Nagari. And then we went in the barn. And when we were in the barn, uh, we were showing Prabhupada the cows and all. And uh, you know, I wasn't, I was just along for the the ride. I wasn't a you know resident of of, of Gita Nagri, so they were telling him everything about the barn. And then, at a certain point, a mouse ran in the barn, and then then a cat like <laughs> meowed, and a dog barked, and the cows moved, and 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 you know, or, or you know, this all was happening in a moment. And then the Prabhupada, he said. Um, Did he say it then? Yeah, he said it right at that point. He said, said, to just see, this is Vrindavan. He said, there is the mouse, there is the cat, there is the dog, there are the calves, there are the cows, there are the children, the adults, and everyone living harmoniously. This is Vrindavan. Hmm? The next morning we went to go on the bus. Prabhupada was in front of me, and he, he, as he went up on the bus, he tur- stopped, he turned around, he looked at me and said, did you see it? I said, did you see what? Did I see what, Prabhupada? He said, did, it, there was the cat. The mouse, the dog, the calves, the cows. He went through the whole thing. He said, "That is Vrindavan." I thought, "Wow, that was." And then we walked. He got up to the top of you know where you enter the bus and you're going to turn down the aisle and you know we didn't have aisles in there but we had the temple in there. He turned to me again a second time. He said, "Did you see it?" And then he just repeated himself. I said, "Prabhupada, I see you. You are Vrindavan. You are my Vrindavan." Hmm? So. <laughs> Let's just illustrate the point. Hmm? That's a fact. Hmm? He was the moving Vrindavan in his heart. Hmm? That is Vrindavan. Well, that's where we want to go. Hmm? This is our ideal. Hmm? So Krishna taking everyone there. Forget about Indra. Hmm? Give all, he shows, I am Vrindavan. Hmm? Hmm? That place where I am loved exclusively in uh, in in. Um, Ahaitiki Bhakti, Anuloid Bhakti, Anyabhilashi Tasunyam, this is Vrindavan. It's a, li- it's a living, meditative reality. Hmm? Sometimes we talk about it in a concrete, physical way because we're so physically oriented, but it's an, it's an internal, spiritual reality. That is, such is a real thing. Hmm? A spiritualized mind, world of the Atma, and so forth. Hmm? So he showed himself, I am Vrindavan, in a big way by showing I am Govardhan Hill, which is the most prominent manifestation of Vrindavan. Hmm? And then the worship begins. And uh, as it was done in the time, centuries later, by Madhavendra Puri, he's only following the example of the original Anukut Harvest Festival, and everything is brought and offered to the hill. And he says, Give me more, Aniyor, Aniyor, give me more. And uh, they're giving more and giving more, and, and this is the teaching, right? They're, this is just common sense. Everybody accepts it universally, what? That giving is the receiving. They're giving to the Govardhan Hill. He's asking for more and more. They give everything, everything, and other villages come. Everybody's giving, and what do they get back? Everything. 
Hmm? Did they lose anything? Did they go hungry? Did they, they gave their whole harvest, which was they worked all year for, and it's for the rest of the year. They gave it all. Hmm? Returned it all back hmm? at the same time. Hmm? Krishna showed that land is alive. I am that land, hmm? that place. Hmm? You can make your, 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 your uh, you can, it's a, you can manifest this by bhakti, by the ingress of bhakti, you can manifest this wherever you, you have to do it in your heart. I was in Vrindavan one year and uh, I was in a, a little rented house just doing bhajan there and one, one god brother heard I was there, he came to see me and so he wanted to share with me this idea that he had and it was to build a Disneyland like in Vrindavan type of a, or type of a thing like Vrindavan he had this huge idea. It would have cost like millions, and if not billions. He went through like an Epcot Center, you know, in, in, or a Disneyland in Florida for Krishna. Hmm? He was going on and on about it. And, and I was, you know, I was just sitting there. I'm a beggar, you know. <laughs> and he's telling me this. And I said, you know, I don't have such big ideas. He wanted my, you know, what did I think of it? You know, maybe I could get into it with him. I said, I don't have such big ideas. My ideas are very small, I said. Hmm? My idea is, I'm sitting here trying to build one temple in my one heart. Hmm? That's what I'm trying to do. And I kind of was making a point to him, you know. And he got it. He realized, that's pretty big, yeah. <laughs> that's the bigger thing. It could move around and collect some money and do something externally and make a big thing and uh, there it is. But the real work, hmm? that's inside. That's big, big work. Hmm? And that outside work is only as good it has an effect internally to change your heart. This is about changing. We have to change. Hmm? We know that because we're not completely happy. <laughs> and how happy are you? Then have to tell how much you have to change. Are you thrilled at every moment with your existence? Hmm? That prospect is there. You just have to change a little bit. Just change your angle of vision. Not so easy, but by good association, it's 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 uh, it's possible. Hmm? So Krishna has become the hill. Govardhan Puja has been done. And <laughs> we are going now to the second chapter. <laughs> Sorry for that uh, introduction. What's the time now? So it's late, right? Yeah, so what happens here in the next chapter, of course, is Indra reacts. So there's going to be a reaction from the world if you decide to become radically uh, spiritual. There's going to be a reaction. Um, even the gods will, will react, as it, as it may be. And we'll see, you know, I'll definitely guarantee you, we'll see tomorrow how, how Indra reacts and um, how Krishna deals with it. So, any question? Um, yes. You said that uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita is actually an exposition of the Goswami's verse that he wrote. Uh, and I was what I was saying. I'm sorry. I was saying that there, there's an there's an Ashurvad shloka, a shloka that gives blessings, in the Mangala Charan, in the auspicious sacred preface of the book of Chaitanya Charitamrita. It must be the one, two, three, fourth verse, hmm? and um, in that verse, that Krishna Goswami writes, is Rupa Goswami's verse. He puts there is Rupa Goswami's verse, which identifies the deity of his book. When Ramananda and Sarup, they were quizzing Rupa Goswami about his poetry, 
when Mahaprabhu said he's such a great poet, they asked him, among other things, and what is the verse in your book of drama, Vidagda Madhava, that glorifies the deity, which is one of the mathematical or you know poetic, you, you have to have those for your book to be a proper poet, poetic book in Indian aesthetics. And so Rupa Goswami cites this verse, Anar Pita Charim Charat Kurnabhata Nikolo, and the Mahaprabhu is standing there. He's embarrassed by that. It's a verse about him, hmm? all about him, his blessing to the world and so forth. But Krishnadas takes that verse and he, he, he puts that in his Chaitanya Charitamrita as the Ashirvad Shloka, the verse of, of giving blessings. It's part, the technical part of one of the, one of the elements, the technical elements of a Mongol charan. Mongol charan should have certain elements. The Vastarindai Shloka, a shloka that defines the in essence, the, the, the tattva of the book, an ashirvad shlok, an namaskar shlok, hmm? offering obeisances to the deity. This was the namaskar shlok of Rupa Goswami's book. Krishna uses it as an ashirvad shlok, giving blessings. Hmm? He has a namaskar verse, two of them. Vandeshi Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito Godadai Pushpavanto. This is one of his namaskar verses. And that's the second. The first one is also a namaskar verse. Then he gives the Vastana Deshlok. Book that talks about the tattva. He says, Yaradvaitam Brahmapanashari Tarapiasyatunubatyantaryami Purushoti Chosham Shabibhava. Sadaishvarya Purna Sehya Bhagavan Sasayam, the Chaitanat Krishna Jagati Paratatvam Paramihat. This is his own verse of his own composition. It's a combination of a, of a couple of verses in Bhagavatam that make the essence of Satsandarbha. Hmm? Uh, uh, very important verses of the Bhagavatam. That ver- those verses are well, one line, Krishna's two, Bhagavan Swayam, and um, Brahmeti Paramatmeti Parantita Tatvavidas Tatvam Yadgyanam Advayam. Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shabdate. He combines these two verses together hmm, and adds something about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. He's saying, Chaitan- this verse says, there, there is Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Hmm? And then there's Swayam Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, and that Swayam Bhagavan is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is what is referred to in the Upanishads as Brahman. He is what is referred to elsewhere as the Paramatma. He is who is referred to as Narayan, sporting in Vaikuntha. And he is himself the fountainhead of all incarnations, and he and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it's him. Hmm? That is his bit. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent, excuse me, but... The, the blessing verse comes next. Anar Pitacharim, not for a long time this has ever been given before hmm? in Kali Yuga. That which is the, the most relishable, brightest jewel of aesthetic rapture, Ujvala Rasa. Hmm? The Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give that. May he, hmm? that lion who roar, completely chases away the elephantine, like a lion scares away an elephant vices that are residing in the heart, which are the desires for dharma, artha, kama, and moksha. Hmm? Hmm? Chases them out. Hmm? May he reside in the cave of your heart. May he be uh, that hidden place. Your heart's like a cave. It's where you hide things. May, may he take residence there. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is his verse. And in that verse, that Ujjvala Rasa that he speaks about. Hmm? This is then played out 
the fourth chapter, and then in the Ramananda Samvad, the conversation between Ramananda, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there it's all played out. It comes to that this to become a handmaiden of Radha is the is the highest ideal that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu offered to the world. Hmm? So, anyway, yes, Bimbadar. You said that uh, earlier that uh, whatever nuance of uh, relationship Krishna would want, Radharani's job was to provide that. But then uh, Radharani was a right wing cookie. Left wing. left wing but sometimes she knows nobody can provide but me therefore she pushes everybody out of the way hmm. but you see the ego in that only because I can only satisfy him in this instance therefore I push myself forward hmm. you understand I'm pushing myself forward because I can serve him in this instance to satisfy him in the way nobody else can so it's a serving ego Yes, you had a question? Uh, you said there's truly no fault with bhakti. Uh, at a certain point, though, uh, as, as we progress on the path, misconceptions we have are corrected. Right. In good sangha. Uh, if I hold to a misconception with the misconception that it, what I have has to be the right conception. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You're holding doggedly to a religious orientation. You're holding to an, to an idea that you thought was what the teaching was, it's how you understood it. Mm -hmm. And then you're finding out, well, it's not exactly like that, you misunderstood it, but you're holding on to it. Yes. Yeah, so... You're right. That's a problem. Yes. Yeah. Well, 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 that what well, that that turns into offense because that the, whoever is is making it apparent to you that that's wrong is kindly teaching you, and hopefully they're demonstrating it from the scripture and patiently, you know, and compassionately teaching. Yeah. So that's why it's very. It turns into aparad, and then that's you know a huge problem. Yes. So. That you were talking about Krishna Das saying that if you don't worship Lord Chaitanya, you're in a sura essentially. But there's lots of Vaishnavas, obviously, free Vaishnavas, Bhagavad Vaishnavas that don't worship Lord. And I was thinking of one particular instance that happened. Prabhupada they published an article on BTG where he referenced Valvacharya. That whole pastime, and it really upset the Pushti Marga. And the head of the Pushti Marga, that came out in 1976, something like that, really made some very strong statements against Lord Chaitanya. And Prabhupada was very disturbed that the devotees had published this. Yeah. So I kind of, maybe you could comment on that, because I think just to say, you know. Well, that's why I said you don't say everything to everybody. <laughs> Teacher has a strategy, he's not going to tell everybody everything, you know, in certain circles. Well, we can say certain things that, that will be misunderstood elsewhere. Hmm? I mean, you have to understand also that, I mean, I, I, I cited the point of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. He gives a, a reference to support, you know, his position, but it's his bhav for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is his bhava. So the bhava is kind of a madness, too. And um, if you just cite what everybody says in bhava, we'll all be in trouble. Hmm? I mean, 
you know, Rupa Goswami told, told his deity, like, don't ask me for salt, okay? I don't have any, and the next thing, and all you'll be asking for ghee, and so, and are we supposed to do that, you know? <laughs> That'll be a problem, so. And, and when the Bob is sometimes expressed hyperbolically, it because it's poetry, too. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes? In regard to Dilal Prabhu's um, statement, is it always an offense when someone's holding on to an old concept? Um, I mean, it, is it possible that they just don't have the, uh, the stuff that the Adhikar, you can call it, that the, the requirement to understand and it's in a simplistic way? You know, that's another, that's another thing. That's another thing. I, I, what I was referring to is like, a, when he used the term dogged, resistance, fighting against it, writing articles against it, or, you know, coming to something like that, and you find those kind of things. But obviously there's, there's, there's a learning curve, and everybody doesn't, it takes time to, uh, to teach, and it's not everybody that, that doesn't, you know, it's like, that would be like saying, I told you about the Krishna consciousness, you didn't join, therefore you're offensive, now you can never join, you know. It's, I mean, you might have doubts and questions, and, you know, the, the speaker who's trying to teach you might not be able to educate you, but might be fully qualified, but still you have doubts, and so you, you need to, there's much room for that. Hmm? But there should be some openness amongst us. Hmm? You may hear something and think, well, I didn't think that was a teaching. So, okay, well, let me hear it. And, and, and then, I, then I need to be convinced, too, so I can hold my reservations, and I can, I can even cite why I think it's wrong, and I can go and research it and come up, see, I'm convinced that I'm right, and I can come back. And, but at a certain point, you know, it becomes obvious, like, uh, you're wrong here. And then you go, well, you know, uh, you're just an intellectual or something like that, you know, or, you know, uh, you just read too many books, or, you know, they give these kind of arguments. Then you go, okay, I get it. <laughs> you don't get it. You don't want to get it. Okay, you're not open to growing and making progress, then there's no point in discussing. And the teacher has to be artful. You know, you have to create a teachable moment, too, so... And people don't need to know everything all at once. I mean, they don't need to know a lot of things. But sometimes things need to be known because they come to the fore and they're out and about and now you've got to talk about them. A lot of things didn't... We had just Prabhupada. We didn't need to know a lot of things. Just chant Hare Krishna and be happy. And that's true. Hmm? It's simple. But then other information about Gaudi Vaishnavas comes. Somebody's teaching a different way. Then you've got to figure out, is that right? Is that different? Or what? How? And you've got to sort these things out and you've got to grow conceptually. Hmm? That's kind of what happened. So... I mean, I, you know, I, have to, I don't have to teach the whole Bhakti Rasam Rita to anybody. I can just say, chant Hare Krishna and just sit right here and do that, and, and that's it. It could become perfect, but it doesn't always work like that. So you know, they hear other things and they have questions and doubts. And, you know, so. All right, I think we've, we've discussed enough for now. We'll stop there. Giraj Govardhan ki jai, Govardhan Puja Maham Hotsuba ki jai, Gaur Bhaktabrinda ki jai. Jai Sri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai. Bhakti Raksakshidhar Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai. Bhakti Sadhan Sarasri Thakur Prabhupada ki jai. Bhakti Vinod Paribar ki jai. Gaur Premanande.